Well, the coffee machine has finished whirring and my mug is full. That can only mean one thing. Rail People is back. Yes, as I said just before the intro music, Rail People is back. Uh, if you haven't been with us before, this is the podcast from rail-stuff.com. Uh, selfless plug always comes at the top of the show, which is uh, that is your place to go and get yourself some model railway scenics and accessories. Um, but enough of that, it's time to crack on with the first show of the year. And I know it's March, but I am going to say Happy New Year uh, because, well, it's the first one of the year. Apologies for the delay in uh, getting back to rail people. We had a baby over Christmas, so um, have been slightly distracted and figuring out new life and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I thought now is uh, just the right time for us to get back on with this. And the great thing is I've already got some great guests lined up for the first part of this year, including today's guest. Now, this is somebody who I met purely through Instagram. And talking about model railways on on Instagram, and uh, uh, you get to know people, and there are certain people who do really nice stuff, and um, you start to talk to them, and uh, and hey presto, off you go. So uh, today's guest is Dave from Bunter's Yard. Now many of you will have found Dave on YouTube. Some of you may have found him on uh, Instagram before. Uh, others of you may have found him somewhere else. Who knows? But. Um, we're here to talk about Bunter's Yard and model railways today. So, Dave, uh, hello, good afternoon, and welcome. Good afternoon. And how are you today? You good? Not too bad. A bit chilly. It's uh, not particularly warm out today, but and it's uh, colder in the studio. Um, <laughs> so all the resins are frozen over, and there's ice on the top of the warmer uh, acrylics. But apart from that, it's fine. <laughs> And for anyone who's listening from warmer climes, uh, it may be March, but winter has returned in the UK, um, as it seems to do every year at the minute. You know, towards the end of February, you think, oh, oh, here we go, here we go, here comes spring, and then bang, back it comes with a vengeance. And uh, yeah, we've we've got snow forecast for later on this year, uh, this week even, this not week. this year. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, enough about the weather. Uh, for for anyone who hasn't come across you or Bunter's Yard uh, in some kind of way, shape or form so far, tell everyone a little bit about Bunter's Yard. Uh, so Bunter's Yard mainly was um, just for weathering uh, rolling stock and locos. That's kind of the thing I like to do. Um, uh, but it's progressed to, uh, you know, we've got the, the 3D printers, we've got five 3D printers and they make little accessories and bits and pieces that we can add to some of our models and uh, quite a lot that we sell on on eBay and on the website. And through reputable, reputable, re, can't say reputable, that's not good, uh, reputable <laughs> retailers as well, of course. Only only the select hand-chosen one. <laughs> we'll mention that a little bit later on, I'm, mm. I'm sure. So, so Bunter's Yard, uh, uh, like you say, you started off weathering a few bits of rolling stock and then it's just kind of um developed from there but is this something that's been going for for donkey's years or relatively recent no just just by accident maybe sort of three or four years ago i i i didn't have there was no layout at all um there was no in not would say no interest i had a trains when i was like 12 or 13 or 14 um but I had to be at an auction to look at some vintage cameras, which I didn't buy in the end. And they there was a, a just a box of rotten old 1970s Hornby rolling stock and the Canadian uh, diesel loco, I seem to remember, um, which I bought for 15 quid in the end. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've got this sort of fetish with selling things on eBay. So uh, I, I thought I'll put them on there, make a few pounds and it'd be something to do. Um, I kind of got involved in it that way so, and end up buying more and selling more um, via eBay to start with and then a few of them sort of stuck um, and I remember seeing a video on YouTube comment JT rip track I think it might have been some of that and uh, I thought well, that's a good idea I can weather them so I already had the paints from um, when I was into my tank modeling so uh, and I had all the right colors really so uh, that's how it kind of how it started and they seem to go well, so uh, I carried on. Uh, you've already mentioned model railways and uh, tanks and yeah. photography. Uh, you sound like a hobbies man. 
uh, my hobby is collecting hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, what else have we done? So we've, we've uh, literally today, my drone has arrived. Um, it's, it's part of the photography anyway. So what, what have you gone for? Uh, just it's the DGI, DJI mini two. I'm so jealous. because we're in South end, um, we've got all the flight paths around here. So there's, there's certain restrictions. And on one side, we've got the airport, the other side, we've got the Ministry of defense. So there's about two meter stretch where I can fly the drone along the beach. Um, <laughs> So yeah, there's that, and then um, I was casting. Well, I still am casting um, silver. So uh, I've got a little furnace. You can't see it over there, um, but we cast silver with. So we make silver coins and stuff like that. Or I do, not we do. Um, I do that, by the way. Uh, I I always refer to rail stuff as we. Um, and, yeah, I, do. Uh, I think sometimes people think I'm schizophrenic or something. No, there's just me. I'm not yeah. imagining that there is a second person. Don't worry. It's just I, no. I, I do it by habit. Just say we when I'm talking about rail stuff. Yeah, I, I do. I'm not trying to make it sound posher than it is, but <laughs> I just always refer to it as we. So, yeah. So, so we. Bunters is is just you, and you've got a. Uh, so is this because obviously I can see you. Um, people listening to the podcast can't, but uh, I can right now. This is a like a business unit or a, or a workshop. What is it? Yeah, it's um, it's a service unit. This used to be the conference room. There used to be um, projectors and stuff up there. So I've got carpet, uh, which is really posh, and I've got two toilets and a kitchen, which no one else has got. So it's very very posh, uh, and six parking spaces. Just the, the six. Only six, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. And uh, there is a there is a patio area, a bricked patio area with the um, with the pub bench outside, the picnic bench. So in the summer we can sit outside. Lovely. And what and um, what would one do when sat outside on a pub bench? Eh. Um, drink coffee and eat cheese, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like a really nice unit, and um. Sort of, so I'm just going to paint the scene for everyone who's who's listening, wherever well, they're listening. They might... Go on then, make it sound better than it is, though, won't you? Um, well, you've got white walls, um, and on the right-hand side, some plastic boxes and some shelving that's got some stock on it, um, and a whiteboard. Is that a whiteboard? Mm. Yeah, I love a whiteboard. Custom things I need to make. So. Yeah, yeah, um, and you've got some of those little wall-mounted pots are up above it i love those i've got some of those up there as well um and then I'll, I'll talk about the back wall and the side wall in just a moment but sort of in the corner that looks to me like your weathering station um yep. so so what what kind of what kind of stuff is is over there um well the products you mean no no so what 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 does your station look like so if you're sat at your station, what's in front of you? What's what's at hand? So um, on the wall, there are um, there's like this pegboard that comes from IKEA. It's called Scardis, I think it's called, and um, I can three D print all the uh, racking and stuff. Um, so whatever paints I've got, different sizes will go in there. So they're all they're all sort of custom made. You can get them off of Thingiverse. So uh, some but some I've done. So I've got the paints in front of me. All the Vallejo paints are in front of me. Um, to the other side is all the uh, powders and um, uh, things like washes and so on. And then on the left of it, um, there's we're just starting to create a sort of a, like a gallery wall with all the weather stuff, but that's going to go on a different wall. So I saw that, yes. Um, mm. Because uh, our, our, our mutual friend uh, SBJ was a little bit jealous of your uh, your racking, if I if I remember rightly. Yeah, he'll 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 buy some soon. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he will. So the 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 two parts left to to explain is um, across the back wall. It yep. looks to me like there's some kind of layout. Is that right? Yeah. So the back wall is about three and a half meters wide. Um, and there is, um, yeah, it's like an end-to-end double O gauge. Um, that's that's Bunter's yard, basically. That's what well, that's what it's supposed to be. I don't think it's probably ever going to get there um, because I've been sort of distracted by it. There, I, there's just not enough time to to, to spend um, to you know to, to finish that. Uh, it's all it's all the time is taken just getting orders ready and uh, all my other many hobbies that I like to participate in. <laughs> but we'll see. He'll probably stay. 
to a degree some of it will stay because they use it for photography yeah of course yeah. No, but that doesn't look to me like it's the only layout in the room because sort of up this end so uh up the end where you're sat but on the on the left hand wall as i look at it yeah. that looks to me like the beginnings of another layout now before we get back to the rest of our conversation with dave I had wanted to tell you about a brand new product that has landed at Railstuff this week. Uh, it's from Migamo, and they've created a new brand called Rail Center. Okay, the spelling is a little American and questionable, but apart from that, the products are great, and the first two have arrived with us. Uh, two paint sets. The first one for British locomotives. So it's got the blues, the greens, the, uh, the yellows, and some other highlight colours to go in there as well, like some reds and blacks. Uh, and then there's a pack of British freight car paints as well. So they're available for $19.95 each, uh, and you can find them, of course, at rail-stuff.com. I've given them a go. Really superb stuff, so why not give it a go yourself? But for now, let's go back to Dave. Yeah. That looks to me like the beginnings of another layout. Yeah, that was uh, that is um, that's the beginnings of the TT layout. So uh, the good thing about TT is that I can get a couple of loops in the space that I've got to use. So at the moment, that's about six by four, I think. Um, but I can go another six by four in a little L shape in the corner. So the part you can see. That's where the um, it's going to be based on a place called Cinderford, which is in somewhere near Bristol, I think. Um, this this closed, it's gone now. Uh, it used to be a railway station there, um, and it's quite a simple thing for me to model because it's literally a one platform and a couple of buildings. Um, so that's going to go in there, and then the loops will sort of go towards this end. So uh, a bit of luck, um, I might get that one finished and be able to show it from time to time. Hang on a minute. We we all know there is no such thing as a finished layout. No. They, they don't exist. But anyway, we'll talk about TT a little bit later on. It's on my list to, to discuss with you, which is um, uh, which is which is great. But um, the, the one thing I did forget to ask you was we've mentioned Bunter's Yard a few times. Where on earth does that name come from? It's a very interesting story. I'm glad you asked that. Oh, good. good. Uh, so strap yourself in for this. Um, I used to live in a place in a road called Bunter's Avenue. And I just like the word bunters. And so when we moved, I just took, I didn't actually take the name with me, it's still on the wall, but I just took the idea of bunters and it became Bunters Yard. There was, that's it. There's no, uh, that's it. It's uh, not interesting at all. Okay. Next. Good. Um, <laughs> right. Do you want me to make something up and you can edit that out and I'll, I'll make something really exciting up? Uh... No, you're fine. No, oh. we, prefer, we prefer the truth. It's fine. I tell you what we can do now, though, is Go I'm going to hit you with the quick fire. So, uh, if if anyone's listened to to rail people before, I always love to uh, just hit some quick fire questions at people. So, what I'm going to do, Dave, is one by one, I'm going to give you two options. So, I'll say something or something, and you've got to choose which one uh, jumps out at you straight away. Feel free to give a little explanation if you want, or if you just want to say it and move on, and then uh, then feel free. So, first one: steam or diesel. Oh, that's that's the hardest one. So, um, it's oh, you haven't diesel. heard the rest yet. <laughs> All right, it's the hardest one so far. <laughs> um, so the the um, the double O layer is diesel, which I really like. Um, all the modern stuff. Um, but the TT, all that's out is steam. So, I'm kind of getting into the steam. There's something nice about the steam engines when they, you know, with, with the way the you know, the, with the cotton rods and everything, it's just like a bit of a uh, bit of poetry. So, it's quite nice to watch those go around. So, steam or diesel? Diesel. Diesel. There, there was literal pain on Dave's face <laughs> there answering that one. Diesel. Okay. Uh, then let me just narrow it down a little bit. Diesel or electric? Diesel. Okay. That was that was a bit easier for you. Good stuff. Um, double O or TT? Double O. Just by the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean, if, if there was the space, and, you know, this is quite a big space and I could have a, a nice layer in here, but I wouldn't be able to get through the doors. Um, it's a, you know, Double O is a nice size. It's, it's easy to work on as well. The bigger, the better. Um, TT gets a bit more difficult to work on if I'm doing any sort of weathering or anything like that, mm. or building accessories because they, they be, you know, they become tiny. Um, 
but yeah, if I had a choice, I suppose you know a, a double O layout would be my preference. Okay, uh, move a little bit more scenic now. Uh, static or scatter? Static. Yeah, yeah, uh, that would be a fairly easy one for me to answer as well. Okay, um, and two more left. They're a bit more weathering related. Uh, airbrush or paintbrush? Airbrush. Airbrush. Okay, and final one. Uh, this is always controversial. This one for anyone in your game: enamel or acrylic? Oh, acrylic. Acrylic. Oh, okay. So, what what is it for you that that just makes you jump at that straight away? Because because I, I get I, I get people all the time come up to to, to me at shows and um, you know they'll be looking for enamels and I've got more acrylic stuff. Oh no 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 no! But then you get other people who are completely the opposite way around. What is it for you about acrylics? Um, we can wash them off. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much as simple as that that's for you. Pretty much, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if I make a mistake, I've got a chance of getting it off again. You know, if you put... Yeah. I've, I've, I think I've got one enamel, which is actually um, an oil. It's, it's like an oil run, you know, from AK. And that's the only thing that uses enamel thinners. So, um, yeah. And that goes on last. So, no, I've never used any enamels on them. Very good. Actual, saying that, on some of the accessories, I use uh, spray cans from Halfords. So, that's not really enamel, is it? It's kind of a whatever. I don't know what that is. but I'm not yeah, sure what they are, but it's, it's that sort of thing. It's certainly not acrylic, is it? So, no, uh, but yeah. I, I wouldn't spray with trains in it, no. No, 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 no. Okay, right. So, quick fire done. Um, so, I guess... It, before look, the the biggest part of our conversation is really going to be about weathering and and all that kind of stuff. But um, before we get on to that, I do want to touch on the TT stuff because mm. uh, I threw that horrible question at you of TT or double O. Um, but you are doing some stuff in in TT. So how how did you get into that? Um, are, are you one of the sort of uh, Hornby affiliate type folk, or no, are you just uh, doing I'm it for? I'm not one of the chosen ones. I'm all that special. <laughs> um, so um, I, I sort of I had a few quiet months last year, sort of from the middle of the year on to the end when something else distracted me. Um, and when I got back on Instagram, um, there was lots of TT all over the place. And I kind of knew about it, but I wasn't really you know, that into it. And then I was talking to, um, do you know, Ben from Bluffers. Yeah, Bluffers. yeah. Yeah. So he's one of the... Um, um, they're not affiliates. I can't remember what the, what the, the word is, but anyway, he's one of one of the gang that, that go to Margate from you know influencers probably. Yeah, some of that. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's a few, isn't there, that we know. So um, and he was saying, no, oh, you need to get into it, you know, with the accessories um, because there's no one that does, you know, the and they're easy to, to sort of rescale. Um, and that's why I started to. So I started to do a few bits, which I was going to send to him and I never did, unfortunately. Um, and then I thought, oh, I might just order a set, you know, so when it comes out, you know, I've, I can make sure everything's to scale. And and that's how I've kind of got into the TT. And I thought, well, I might as well have a layout now. So so it's there. And, I mean, what's what's your thoughts on, on the scale overall? Because I know... Yeah, it, that, it's interesting. Obviously, um, I've I've only just started watching the, the the current series, the Hornby and Model World, and you see in episode one where they talk about bringing the TT scale out. Um, you know, it, it it makes sense, especially for Hornby to do a, a a different scale. But how sustainable do you think this scale is? Because I'm not seeing a huge amount of people move towards it yet, or maybe I'm just not looking at the right people. No, I mean, the Pico do track, uh, for instance, but there's, I haven't seen any, I'm sure someone will correct us, but I haven't seen any other rolling stock or anything. But Hornby have put so much into this, I'm sure that, you know, it's going to have to carry on. It's, you know, if they if they just pulled the plug, it, it would probably finish them off. They, they've just invested so much to get this going. Mm. And there's lots of stuff coming out um, over the next couple of years, I guess, you know, from what I've seen online and what I've pre-ordered. Um, I quite like it actually. It's quite nice. You can get a lot into a smaller space, um, but I don't think it's. I mean, it's quite a delicate thing. You know, it's it's not the sort of thing you want to give to a child. I don't think it's um, it's a kind of a grown up thing. I think that's mm. my 
This is more of a more of a hobbyist product, a, a modeler's product, rather than a introduction to model railway type product, which is interesting. I mean, it's difficult from a retailer point of view. I, I've been sort of playing with the idea of should I start stocking some TT one twenty stuff. Mm. Uh, difficulty is there's not a lot of stuff out there. Um, I know that uh, West Hill Wagon Works have got quite a big range of of TT stuff. Um, one of my suppliers, Elcut Creative, they've just started doing some TT stuff, which is which is really nice. They've sent me a couple of samples, and it's uh, it's interesting. But I haven't yet had a single person come up to me at a show and say, "Have you got any TT one twenty stuff?" Right. I had my first order yesterday on the website for TT. Um, for something that's actually listed as TT on there, so um, which is quite odd because all the stuff you can get from Hornby is all steam at the moment, um, and all the modern stuff isn't coming out. Are they all just something which is um, like a, a, an IBC, like a tank, yeah, you know, like a classic tank? They didn't come out until the eighties, so um, unless he's got some, you know, something from another, from pre Hornby, I suppose. But anyway, yeah. So I've sold some TT one twenty bits now, so that's quite nice. So maybe it's the start. Yeah, yeah. I have to keep thinking about it, but uh, at the moment I, I'm finding so much more interest in 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 Engage. Uh, N seems to be growing and growing um, at a at a pace faster than than anything else. Is that your experience as well? Do you do Engage? Yeah. So uh, there's, there's, there are limitations of what we can do in Engage because if you do something like. Um, um, not that the, the listeners can see. Um, there's a beer keg. I'm not there, sure that I can big. see. <laughs> no, it's four millimeters high, Jeez. and that's the bigger one of the two. Um, and they normally have a coloured stripe painted round, but um, I'm not going to paint them. They're just going to paint silver. But yeah, I can scale some things down, but they they become so small and you know insignificant in the end. So there's, there's, there are limits. So not everything gets scaled down to N. But I do sell a lot of N. Um, relatively, and and obviously, so so we've kind of lent here into into the three D printing side of things. Um, you know, where did that come from? Uh, a desire to do three D printing was it was it um, a hobby within a hobby that turned into a um, business within a hobby again? Um, possibly. Let me. Uh, I don't know. Let me. Let me. I'll try and explain, and you can work it out. <laughs> so I was. Um, so I started on Instagram a couple of years ago um, and just put some old pictures of some other wagons that I had on there and, and, and it attracted a few people quite quickly. So I was quite chuffed with that. And there was a guy, uh, and you may follow him or he follows you, uh, Shunt in Yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he was one of the first persons I spoke to. And we, you know, we, we speak to each other each week. We, you know, we're always chatting and stuff. And, um, he he had his resin printer um before i'd started going on there and i wanted some tires um and we were just chatting and he said i can print you some so he showed me what thingiverse was and i found some files and he printed me some tires to put in a in a, a conflat that i had just wanted a load to go in it and he sent me these and um and we sold it really quickly and i thought well that's a that might come useful if i get a printer so then i bought a the same printer that he had and that we just started making you know everyone makes wooden barrels and uh tires and stuff like that and so i started making little bits just really to go in loads on on the, the things i building at the time but um me being me um decided to make some more and put them on ebay and then it kind of just you can get carried away so what kind of stuff do you make now um the same sort, of, you know, the basics really. You know, the, you, there's if you if you go on the website, um, which go we, on, get plug us the website. Oh, abundanceyard.co.uk. Very good. Yep. So that's uh, it should be quite easy to find. Um, so this is the the second website we've had. We being me have had for <laughs> um, uh, for Abundance Yard. The first one just got out of hand uh, because it was we 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 could upload all the products straight from eBay onto there. And it was very easy to do, but it just got a bit crazy. So that that's all gone. So we started again. And if you look on there, um, it's nearly all barrels, uh, oil drums and barrels, because there's so many variations of them. Um, 
literally hundreds and hundreds of variations of uh, barrels and oil drums and wooden barrels. There's, I think there's 12 sizes of wooden barrels now. And you can you can have them uh, anything from two millimeters up to 34 mil, which is about five foot in, in O gauge, I think. Um, and you can have them open or closed or painted or not painted and different variations of paint. Um, but it's just, there's just hundreds and hundreds. So the barrels seem to be the main thing and oil drums seem to be the main thing at the moment. But we've got um, typical things you're going to find in the yard, you know, the IBCs and, you know, the, the tanks and stillages and um, what else? Relay boxes are always really popular. Um, what else sells well? They're the main ones, really. Just reminded me, I need. I must get some relay boxes off you because uh, I actually filmed yesterday part two of the shed. Yeah. Uh, so I finally did oh, it. Yeah, the shed. Yeah, I forgot to mention the shed. Uh, yes, and so so you've got various sheds. So you've got. Uh, let me see if I get this right. So you've got a a pent shed, uh, and then you've got an apex shed, which comes in no windows, single window, and double window variants. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. And you've got some wooden pallets as well, which are very nice. Uh, uh, wooden crates. Yeah, but that little range of products that I just mentioned, so the different sheds and the uh, the pallets are also available at rail-stuff.com right now as well. Um, and uh, if you come to me at any shows uh, as well, then then I've got the range there. Uh, and Dave was kind enough to send me some um, uh, example sheds as well that have that have been built uh, built by somebody who knows which glue to use as well. I think. Yeah, I've only got one glue. Everything super glue gets everything done. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, what kind of idiot would try to use some kind of other glue on uh, well, on that? Well, so, the the thing is, I don't think super glue is even the right thing because um, if you use it on black filament, it does actually melt it. It does make a bit of a mess. So it doesn't look. It looks okay on the wood. So we're okay with the shed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, what's the plans with the with the three D printing side of things? Just to carry on doing what you're doing, or uh, go a bit bigger? What's um, what, what's what's the crack? Um, I think at the moment, yeah, because there are bigger printers, but I don't think I need anything bigger because uh, I don't want to sort of end up printing buildings. I, I think you know the, the filament printers are not not the right thing for those. Um, the quality is not not quite there. Um, so yeah, just smaller wooden accessories. The the film printer just prints wood now, um, because it, I think it looks quite nice actually. Yeah. So just gonna um, yeah, looking for anything, any ideas really, for on there that for things that are made from uh, wood. So we've got pub benches. Um, there'll be more more variations of sheds and potting sheds and all different sizes and uh, garages. Line side uh, buildings, thought of those. Uh, like little plate layers, huts, and things like that. Yeah, and they just you know the, the the thing about the the sheds, you know, if you buy a shed in real life from a shed manufacturer, they use the same panels for different sheds, so they just send you a different kit, mm. uh, which is exactly what these are. So, you know, the panels that make up these, they're just stored in a little file, and if I want to make a different variation, I can just sort of drag them in and uh, put a different kit together, basically, or. or and did I see you've got some shiplap garden fencing as well now? Yeah, I haven't quite finished those yet. But yeah, there is uh, some shiplap and uh, I like to... Uh, there's some broken ones. I don't think I've showed those. But there's some that are all sort of uh, ripped to bits and they're, they're, they're my favourite ones. I like that. Sounds, sounds like my garden. <laughs> well, one panel anyway. The rest of it's all right. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. So... so if anyone has got some ideas, I assume you're you're open to those and um, they should get in touch. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm always up for something new. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's find out what people want really. I don't know until I try it, you know, on on Instagram or eBay on the website, and uh, see what response we get. So. Yeah, very good. And you know, we've we've touched on the website now, which kind of leads me on to talking about weathering and there's. There's, there's a because obviously this is probably what you're you're best known for is uh, the weathering side of things, so both the products that you sell, but also the the videos that you do on YouTube um, and all of that kind of stuff. So, in terms of how you got into weathering, you, you mentioned earlier it was that you literally just saw some YouTube videos and thought well, that looks like something that's that's worth having a go at. Yeah. Um... 
So I, I went for a little spell of making uh, model tanks when I was actually in Bunters, um, when I lived in Bunters. <laughs> we had a shed out the back. And uh, I was making some uh, some model tanks there. And I go on YouTube and there's a couple of guys on there, Plasma and Night Shift, and they're doing some really lovely sort of stone chipping and some um, some rust effects. And, and that was kind of what I really enjoyed. Um, and then when when I had the wagons and I wanted to do something with those, I just remembered those sort of techniques from the military modelers and uh, started to sort of use those. And, and, and uh, so, yeah, similar things like stone chipping and, you know, like um, salt chipping and uh, hairspray, that sort of thing, uh, all the techniques that they use. And I brought it over to um, to Model Railway. So um, are, you yeah. com- are you completely self-taught on weathering then? Yeah, well, apart from watching YouTube, yeah. Which, yeah I mean, every, everything is on YouTube now, so... All right. In which case, um, it's probably I, I'm going to ask for some advice here, and this is personal advice. I have just bought my very first airbrush. Good. Um, because I had a bit of Christmas money, and I thought, well, do you know what? I've always wanted an airbrush, so I'll get one. I've only gone very, very basic at the moment just to get started with, because um, hey, I'm, I might not get on with it. So I thought, right, I'll, I'll give it a go, and uh, and and off we crack. Um, advice for a first-time airbrusher who uh wants to open the box and have a go but um sort of is a little bit apprehensive about where to start and what it's going to be like okay um so if you're talking about like paint wise um people like vallejo for instance they do two lots of paint so they do a model color and a model air so air obviously suggests airbrush. So it's already pre-thinned because one of the biggest problems that I had when I started was not knowing that air meant it was thinned. I just it was just right. I just thought it was called air, for instance. Um, so if you use model air, it's already pre-thinned. You haven't got to worry about putting in too much or too less thinners in. So what I'm using, uh, I, and I should have said this earlier, I'm, I'm using MIG ammo stuff uh, right. because that's, that's what I sell. Um, and I've got myself one of their, their their kits, which is the Railway Fast Method kit. So I yeah. think I think that I've does need thin. thin. That's Sorry? already thin, isn't it? I don't isn't know. I need, so I need to check that first. Is it already thinned? Okay, I'm going to write this down. I don't, yeah, it, it would normally tell you on the box if it's ready for airbrush or not. Okay. If it's not thinned, then you would need to use uh, proper acrylic thinners. Got some, uh, yep. And you would uh, mix it 50 to 50-50, basically, one-to-one. Uh, consistency of milk, as they uh, always seem to say. Okay. And then, in terms of spraying for the first time, uh, should it just be a case of, look, just give it a go and see what happens? Yeah, give it a go. I mean, I always say, you know, especially on the YouTube videos, is if you've never done it before, there's lots of old rolling stock. You know, you go to the shows and you can probably find a box of broken bits and pieces. Um, and just practice on those. Mm. If it doesn't work, throw it in the bin. Um, or if you want, you just soak it in meths for, for half an hour, and it'll all, all come off, and you start again anyway. So I, I watched your paint stripping video uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, the one oh, where shit. you did the the uh, this. I, I don't know what it is. It might be the 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 soft music that you have in the background, or oh, whichever thing that everyone moans about. No. Yeah, Why no should... one likes the music. Everyone hates the music. No, right. You've got this soft music in the background, and you've got quite a soothing voice as well. They're actually very soothing videos I found. I just yeah, sat there I know. and watched I it and thought, that play them to go to sleep, uh, <laughs> which I'm not sure is a good thing. Um, I know Dibs watches this when he's uh, cooking at night or something, or having breakfast. I can't remember one of the two. Well, that's, that's that's a nice thing. Um, and a few people have mentioned. Um, although I can't hear it from you know from your own voice inside your head, a uh, few people uh, have actually made a comment um, that I'm the Bob Ross of the uh, of the weathering world. Is he Bob Ross? I think I know who you mean. Yeah, the the, uh, the American painter guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I I mentioned to you earlier that that I originate from Essex as well. Um, so are you Essex born and bred? Uh, and I was born in East London. East London, okay. So I was actually born in West Ham. West Ham. Oh. You hammer then? No. No, okay. <laughs> no, I don't have any affiliation with a football team. Okay, that's... I, I worked at West Ham. Oh, did you? 
Did you? Yeah, what did you do there? A couple of years. Uh, I, I, I did work for West Ham. I worked in there for Ladbrook, so I was a betting shop manager. Ah. So I, I, one, uh, I used to run one of the uh, the booths when it was at Bowling. I bet that was entertaining at times. Uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, so um, uh, I've completely lost track of what I was saying before we got... Oh, yeah, so so I, I, I originate from Essex. Yeah. Um, but I don't really have the accent anymore. Um, and I was only saying this because obviously I can, I can detect... And now you say it is more of an East London accent. But um, I lost mine because I went to university and did broadcast journalism. And in those days... Uh, you weren't really supposed to have an accent if you were going right. to go work for the BBC. I mean, it's completely different now. Um, but in those days, it was kind of frowned upon to have an accent. So they actually brought voice coaches in uh, for any of us that had accents. Mm. And um, I got told that apparently the Essex and sort of uh, London southeast accent, we've got lazy tongues. Uh, so they used to make me do tongue exercises to strengthen my tongue to help oh, with right. uh, with diction, um, but uh, yeah, it's just um, no, there's there's something very soothing about uh, uh, your voice in in your videos. That um, uh, I watched that uh, that paint stripping video, and not only did I learn a lot about stripping paint, but also I felt completely chilled out afterwards. Yeah. So. <laughs> If you if you ever heard the outtakes, um, then it wouldn't be that chilled, um, because sometimes the dog comes and sits with me, and she will bark at anything in the car park, uh, <laughs> seagulls, vans, and anything. So I'll I normally um, do the voiceover. I'll normally do it in sort of six to eight minute sections, and I'll get to seven minutes fifty, and she will bark at a leaf, and uh, and then I get quite annoyed. Then I start all over again. So, uh, uh, so the outtakes are not as soothing as uh, as the finished product, by it would seem. Uh, dear, what kind of dog do you have? I mean, it's, uh, we we talked to to Richard from New Junction about about his dog because everyone knows his dog Lulu. Uh, but what what kind of dog do you have? Well, um, so Ruby is a black female Labrador. Lovely. Um, and we went out to buy um, a male golden retriever. Um, and we come back with her. So we got it completely wrong. It's like me going to the auction and buying a camera and come back with a box of Hornby. Uh, <laughs> we end up with Ruby. But Ruby is, the, you know, she's the absolute best dog. Um, we're still going to get a Barney one day, but um, I don't know if they'll ever be as good as, as our, our little Ruby. So, uh, uh, well, we, it's a bit like when we went to get out, uh, went out to get our cat. Um, oh, we had her now about five years and uh, we went to the rescue center and we were like no we're getting a boy cat because we'd read all this stuff and it was you know get a boy cat get a boy cat so we were getting a boy cat we've got a girl cat because yeah. <laughs> she was the one that we just went no that's that's, that's the one that's the one so well, Barney, Barney's the idea of a dog um Barney was just an imaginary dog um I just got carried away you told my wife about this dog Barney that we didn't even have and we used to drive down the road and I go, well, that house, that's where Barney's mum and dad lived. And she said, well, shut up, you're being, you're being silly. <laughs> um, I just I, I created this whole sort of dog persona. Um, and ev everybody in the family knew who Barney was, although Barney didn't exist. They would talk to me as if Barney was a real dog. Um, so we actually went out to buy Barney and then we couldn't find it. So we bought Ruby instead. <laughs> well, it sounds like a very wise, uh, wise <laughs> choice. Um, right. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm just going to recap on the, uh, on the airbrushing side. Yeah, I, should, yeah. I should just give it a go. Um, I need to check whether my paints are already thinned or not. If they're not, I should go 50, 50 mix between thinners and, um, and the paint yeah. uh, until I get Actually, a use acrylic thinners. Yes, yeah, I've got some of the Mig, Am Mig Ammo acrylic thinners as well. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you can uh, normally tell if it's thin anyway. If you pour a bit into the cup, if it comes out, you know, like, like, um, I was going to say, no, what, what, um, gloopy. Uh, yeah, that'd be the word. That wasn't the word I was going to use. But if it comes out gloopy, then it needs thinning. If it comes out like, um, like, like milk, you know, that's all consistent then it's already thin. Okay, right. Right. I'm going to give it a go over. At some point this week, I will give it a go. Uh, I, I guarantee you. So, um, right, that's some advice for me. But what about for those that are sort of trying weathering for the first time? Um, what, what advice can you give them? Because 
do you know what and i'll let you answer the question in just a second but um obviously i go to a lot of shows up and down the country and i've got quite an extensive range of weathering stuff now uh and the biggest question i get is what 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 should i use what where should i start um i quite often i i end up recommending pigments as a good starting point because they're quite versatile you can do lots of different things with them um but for somebody who's going first time what's the critical things that they should get to start with uh and how should they do it okay well if you um i mean if you look at other you know makes of um rolling stock that already do weathered um you know as, as an option such as like day pole and they're not the best ones to be fair uh, they're normally just blasted along the bottom in some sort of red mud color so that's the main thing to start with i, I guess you know if you have just a they um i think they um is it sleeper grime i think is one of the like the, the, the rail, rail match ones yeah so a, a brown color um i use um us earth or something like that one of the vallejo colors i'm not sure what the equipment will be in in uh you know ak or mig or whatever so i would just start off if, if you're only going to get one color then just get um just get a, a brown just to do the underside with you know the chassis along the bottom just do it nice and lightly it's easy to put more on than it is to take it off hmm. so just you give it a, a, a nice little pass um pressure not too high on your airbrush um and then if it's wait for it to dry a bit you know 10 15 minutes and if it doesn't look right put some more on and that's what i would say really. what, what about pigments how do you work with pigments um what the what the method of applying them you mean yeah yeah and obviously when i say pigments other people will know them as weathering powders um but i, I call them pigments uh, yeah i've been told that powders and pigments are different i'm not uh, pigments seem to to stick better i think um, because it's finer, also, I think, anyway. So there, there's certain um, colours that I use. Um, so Humbrol do, um, uh, it's called Dark Earth, and, and I've got a pot of that. I've had it for years, the same pot. It's, it goes on and on. Um, and it's just a nice, just a nice dirty colour, really. It's just like a nice brown colour. Um, but it makes that nice fade between your painted area and the bit that's not. Mm. Um Rather than being sort of a you know a, a distinct line where you've finished your airbrushing basically, and you can blend it in nicely. So I I would only apply that on something that's already painted because if you just got bare plastic, it's never going to adhere to that. And then when you uh, varnish over the top, you're just going to blow the whole lot away. Yeah. So I use a nice big soft brush. Um, once the yeah, once the paint has sort of gone off a little bit, I wouldn't wait for it to dry completely. You know, ten or fifteen minutes, and then I'd start with the uh, with that, and then the pigment or the the powders will will stick to the uh, you know your paint layer already, and not wash off as much when you when you varnish over the top of it. And what about washes? Do you do much with washes as well? Not a great deal, no. Um, I have done in a couple of videos before, so you know, for panel lines, if you mm. want to sort of accentuate those, only for. Sort of, those sorts of pin, those sort of washes, um, sort of pin washes, rather than um, you know a wash to make something dirty or faded. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. You, you mentioned earlier about go to some shows and pick up some uh, cheap rolling stock. I, I went one better this weekend. I was at the Preston show, um, and uh, there was a guy there who was selling just bodies. So literally just bodies for, um, and I, I got a, uh, an HST body for two quid yeah. uh, and a Eurostar body for four quid. So I've got two two bodies there for six quid uh, and they'll be perfect for, for practicing on. Obviously at some point I'm going to need some, uh, uh, you know, some chassis to, to practice on as well for all that kind of stuff. But I thought just as a starting point with the airbrush, that, that will do me quite nicely. So yeah, yeah you're absolutely need, right. Just need a grime color. To go along the bottom of the uh, the body, um, always looks nice on the front of you know those sort of um, locos. If you if you uh, thin your paint down a bit more on the front, paint the whole of the front, and then while it's still wet, pretty much straight away, just wipe it off with a cloth. Um, you're never going to get all of it off. A lot of it's going to stay in the detail, and it just looks like someone's trying to clean it really badly. 
Oh. Or it's been for a wash. So um, I do that quite a lot. If you watch some of the other videos, I'll paint the whole side in whatever color I'm going to use, maybe like a sand color, and then just rub it off really quickly. And it just looks like it faded and gone a bit dusty, really. <laughs> it's incredible. The the, the whole I, I find weather, weathering absolutely fascinating. And um, it's straight. I, I was always one of those people that, that I didn't want to weather of my, any of my own stuff because you know you spend all that money on something that is that is pristine looking and mm. you sort of don't want to detract from that but then the more and more weathered stuff i see the the, the more i think oh god that's so good um yeah so did you did you ever uh hesitate about about weathering stuff or was it for you just uh, a no-brainer let's let's do it no it doesn't really bother me really um Having said that, the TT have not been weathered yet. There's so I want to try on one of them, so I'm just sort of practicing on something else before I commit to doing it on that, because um, it's not saying I can reverse. I can't wash it off, um, so we'll have to uh, we'll have to wait. I've got I've got something on the side that's kind of uh, one of the final tests, and then uh, before we go and do this on on YouTube, and when I do it on YouTube, it's the first time I've done it. Um, so anything that we ever do on there is or we, me, anything I ever do on YouTube, the, the time you see it is the only time I've done it. Um, I have sort of practice and practice. Sometimes if it's on a wagon, for instance, the other side is already painted and I won't show you that side. So I might have had a little practice in, in a way, but that's still the first time I've done that particular wagon. Oh, that's good that's great so what what's what is the plan for for you for for bunters uh in in the future then uh, or are you one of those that doesn't really have a specific plan and uh you, you sort of go with the the prevailing wind yeah that's more like it i think yeah um i've kind of got a list of youtube videos um so i'm kind of working through those um, the plan is to get the TT layout. Mate, I'm gonna. I've never been to a, a railway show, so Ali Pali in the couple of weeks is the first one I'll ever beat. I've been to. Oh wow! Um, right, I'm okay. Go to as well. To have a look around, have a little mooch around there. Um, I don't think that, that my TT layout will ever be good enough to, you know, exhibit any of these. But it'd be nice if it was, you know. And then I could have my accessories on there and and uh, some some weather bits and pieces. Um, so I really want to do more of that lots of the stuff that's on the website uh, most of them are all painted now because you know loads of people have got access to resin printers um mm -hmm. so everyone can make their own barrels or, or if you feel if you don't you can go on ebay and you can choose between a hundred people to sell the same thing but my barrels for instance if we talk about barrels you know they're painted in a particular way and you know they they are mine so the people are buying they are unique that way so so to do more sort of finished um, decorated models, really. It must take you an absolute age to prep stuff for sale. It uh, must be really difficult to price things given the amount of time that you put into them. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it is difficult. Um, and I'm trying to work out a way where, because rather than having a, one of everything, you know, or a, or a, a stock of everything, this room isn't big enough to do any of that because if you look at the sort of you know barrels again for instance there are literally thousands of, of different options that i offer uh, and they all sell you know a different pace um so i did go through a stage of just making them you know sort of hand to mouth i'd have the blanks and then i would yeah. quickly paint them and, and they don't take you know too long to do but i'm going through a process now if someone orders one i'll make six sets so then I've got the stock. And it's quicker to make six in one go than it is to make six individual sets. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I might get a day, a lucky day, where I only sell stuff that I've got on the shelf, then I can uh, go out with a drone or play my guitar or something like that. So. <laughs> oh, there's another hobby as well, is there? Oh, do you not know about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I play in a, in a band. It's a 12-piece. It's a tribute band. Oh, actually, yes, I did know, because there's been a couple of times I've I've messaged you and you've said, oh, let me get back to you. I'm just about to go on stage. So yeah, yeah. tell us a bit more. Um, so that's... Um, so it's a it's a 12-piece... Like I say, it's, it's a 12-piece... Uh, it's a Blues Brothers act. 
Um, so the first half of the, it's all theatre shows. We only do theatres. So the first half is the commitments. Um, and we've got like brass section and we've got, you know, three girl singers, a couple of guys, backing section, video and all sorts of stuff. Um, and then the second half is the Blues Brothers, which everyone loves and gets up and dances and, you know, wear their hats and stuff like that. Um, we've been doing that for 10 or 11 years, I think now. So we've got, I think this year is 24 shows. I think next year is about the same. 2025 is already starting to book now. Um, and we just travel all around the country doing that, basically on a weekend. And then every other year we have three or four days in Wales where we do three or four shows you know, one after another, which is quite quite nice, our little jo jolly up. So, yeah, it's quite good. I enjoy doing that. No wonder. And, and I weathered some guitars as well. I actually, <laughs> what? One of, my, one of my hobbies was was um, making um, uh, bass guitars. So I used to buy them off of eBay and uh, I'd repaint them and, and sort of repurpose them and, and sell them on again. But I had, because um, you can buy relic guitars if you have a look, and they're very expensive. Um, but I, you know, I didn't want to spend that, so I started to read it a couple, and I had one painted up like a Willis Jeep, uh, so green with uh, yeah. with star, yeah, and that was all rusted, and that was quite nice. I enjoyed making my, that. One. My daddy's uh, awaiting delivery of his Willis Jeep. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, nice. uh, fully restored. Um, so yeah, I. I still don't understand why, but um, why not? Hey, <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, so that's what we do. That's the weekend taking care of is uh, is the band, um, and then the family seem to want some time as well with me. So for whatever how dare reason. they? I know, and the dog as well. So, uh, but they're coming with me this weekend. We're, we're going on, we're going on a road trip this weekend. Fantastic uh, with the band. Sounds like you've got plenty going on, um, which is which is great. I mean, what is on the, the the project table at the moment? What's on the weathering table at the moment? Is there a, a, an open project that you can tell us about? Uh, nothing that anyone's going to want. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on there uh, that are sold orders that just needs finishing off. So uh, I'll be doing those after this. Um, they're just bits and things, or a little bit of paint and weathering. So nothing special. Um, I found a Lima um, CTT wagon, so like a, a postal sort of wagon, mm. um, which someone had tried to weather before uh, Before I got it, and I, I got off eBay for like next to nothing, I think, as part of a job lot. Um, and I just sort of playing around with different things on there. Um, someone will buy it. It'll sit in a siding somewhere. I'll pop it on eBay at some point. It'll sit on the siding in someone's layout, I'm sure. Um, and what else have we got on there? um they've been on instagram recently i've got um the backman meas mm, nice. so the ballast things i've got about 12 of those and then i don't know how it happened by mistake i think i ordered six of the oxford rail pilchards things and uh so i've done one of those and then they take quite a while to do but uh, i've got another five to to play with so uh, we'll do some variations of that yeah and i recently saw your your video where you went through your crates uh, and uh, yeah, you've got plenty to be getting on with, haven't you? So uh, you're you're not going to be bored any time. I didn't show it all. There's more. Oh my god, there's more. <laughs> oh well, fantastic. So I, I I guess it makes a little bit more sense now to know that you've uh, not been a not been to a model railway show before, given the the band situation. But you've managed to find some some time off in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we haven't got a gig. We've got um, yeah about four weeks off, um, it's just because of holidays and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, we've got a few weeks off. So we're going to Ali Pally um, on the Saturday because Sunday's Mother's Day, and I think the motor racing as well. So, yeah, I mean, a d double whammy for me. Number one, I've gone and booked myself to be away on her first Mother's Day. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's not great. And then number two, yeah, there's 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 Formula One that weekend, and uh, yeah. Yeah, but at least that I can watch when I get home. Um, but uh, I can't make up for the Mother's Day uh, missing. But, um, no. But still, no. it is work. I'm not going for a jolly. I'm going for work. So, Of course, yeah. That's what I'll keep telling you. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, yeah, so that'll be the first one. Um, and then we'll go to Worley. Uh, when I say we, there will be more than one of us. A friend of mine's coming as well. Uh, so we'll go to Worley for a relight of the NEC. From time to time, so we'll go there. So, what, what are you looking forward to seeing most at uh, Ali Pally? 
see what everyone else is up to, really, so we yeah. get some ideas. Um, difficult to find something new, really. Everything I can think of, someone's already done, so. Mm. But all I can do is maybe do it differently or do it better. Well, uh, I'm sure it goes without saying that you'll uh, you'll want to drop by Stand 69, uh, which is rail stuff. So, yeah, I'll be there sort of somewhere in the middle-ish, I think, of the main hall. Um, similar to where I was last year, but a little bit further down. So, uh, of course, anyone else that's going to um, uh, to Ali Pali, uh, come say hello as well. Um, in terms of shows for us, it's got Alexandra Palace, which is... It's the 18th and 19th of March. Uh, and then after that, where am I off to after that? I think it's probably South Knots at Cotgrave uh, Welfare, um, which is the first weekend in April. Um, and then I'll be off to Bristol in April as well for uh, the next sort of BRM show. Um and then as we start to head in towards summer, it starts to go a little bit quieter. I've got the Seven Mill show in Burton, and there's a couple of others on the go. And then when we get to September and October, it's just nuts. Absolutely yeah. nuts show season uh, once again. But um, I, 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 love, I love a show. Uh, and, um, you know, this year, uh, the, I think we've got 34 booked for the year so far. Uh, so keeping very very busy on those, but um, thirty four shows or thirty four dates. Thirty four shows. Really? Yeah, yeah. So thirty four weekends. Um, but uh, and some of them are a real trek as well. You know, we did Scotland a couple of weeks ago. Again, I said we. I did Scotland a couple of weeks ago. That was a long way to go, but what a show that was! Uh, absolutely mega stuff. Um, yeah, we do some of the other big ones like uh, Milton Keynes. Um, we'll be at the uh, the Gaydon show uh, at the end of October. Um, won't be doing Worley. Um, just can't quite bring myself to spend that kind of money on a show yet. Um, Scotland was my most expensive show ever, but it paid off. But I'm not sure I, I'm quite ready to risk it for, for Wally yet. Uh, Maybe we can have a look at Wally, see if we can do a joint stand. Yeah, oh, it's, it's 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 deep pockets time uh, for for Wally. The one thing I have found out though is that that uh, I might qualify for some kind of small trader discount or something. I don't know. So maybe I'll maybe I'll look at it, but it's. I'll have to take some brave pills before I uh, re-enter that conversation. Uh, but look, anyway, we're, we're approaching um, we're approaching an hour's worth of uh, conversation, um, and Dave, it's been fascinating to to listen to to your journey and uh, and and all about what you do right now. Um, if there was one last piece of advice you could give to anyone who wants to have a crack at the kind of stuff that you do, what would it be? Just give it a go. Just get. Everyone's got a cheap bit of rolling stock or something that's broken. Uh, just give it a go. Get you know, airbrushes are not particularly expensive. I wouldn't skimp skimp on it. Um, the, 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 there's a the, the Neo is about eighty pounds. That's worth um, that's worth investing in because if you get a cheaper one, they can be hard work and it might just put you off. Mm. So that's what I would do. Um, spend a little bit of money on the airbrush. So I say the Neo is about eighty quid. A couple of paints, a rotten old wagon, and uh, and away you go. Keep Just make sure you keep your airbrush clean. Yes. I've got to go on that as well. I'm terrible at cleaning paintbrushes, but I'm going to have to be good at cleaning the uh, the airbrush. No. There is a video on YouTube. I've got a video on there about cleaning airbrushes. If you've not seen it, it's, uh, I will watch it. A revelation, apparently. <laughs> uh, give a final plug to YouTube, Instagram, website, all that kind of stuff as well. It's just Bundy's Yard. Everything's called Bundy's Yard somewhere or other. If you if you go Bundy's Yard on Google, um, the, that, all the links come up pretty much straight away. Or if you just follow me on uh, Instagram, there'll be links on there. You'll find Perfect. Everything. Perfect. Well, Dave, it's been fascinating to uh, to talk. Um, really appreciate you coming and doing it, and I'm sure everyone uh, listening does as well. Um, so thank you very much and uh, well just enjoy what you do and uh, and carry on sharing it with everyone thank you so much thank you so that was uh, uh, Dave from Bunter's Yard uh, on the Rail People podcast presented by rail-stuff.com my name's Adam uh, and I've been bringing you 
this episode. There is more to come. Uh, we've got um, some really interesting stuff lined up. I think the next one we're going to be doing is a conversation with some of the guys behind Model U, uh, who um, I think many of you will have come across them uh, by now. So uh, that will be really, really interesting. Um, and in the meantime as well, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Rail Stuff on there. Uh, and you can find, um, well, The Shed Part 2 any day now. Um, hopefully today, if not, maybe tomorrow. Uh, and uh, we'll get that up there so that you can see just how badly I'm getting on uh, with uh, with The Shed. But for now, uh, I'll see some of you at Alexandra Palace and some of you elsewhere. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. And I will see you very, very soon. <laughs>